It's Thursday, December 12th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. The global governing body that arbitrates the biggest trade disputes between countries is in shambles. We'll explain why it's a big deal that the World Trade Organization Appeals Court suddenly can't do its job anymore. Then... The Judiciary Committee will please come to order. Today, House Democrats are preparing to pass the impeachment gavel to the Speaker of the House. And finally, one way to put your ugly Christmas sweater obsession to good use. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by The L Word, Generation Q, a bold new series for a bold new generation. The most complicated story today is about WTF is going on at the WTO. That's the World Trade Organization, which is in charge of making sure trade around the world flows smoothly with no hiccups. But lately, things haven't been running so smoothly. That's because its top court, think the principal during a giant food fight, has just stopped being able to do its job. And it's left a bunch of countries in a bind as they try to resolve all their trade issues with no one deciding who's in the wrong. So today we're going to get into what this WTO court used to do, what went wrong, and how the world is responding. Until almost a century ago, the U.S. was pretty protectionist. That's when a country protects its own manufacturers by making it more difficult or more expensive, like through tariffs, to buy things from a foreign country. But after World War II, the U.S. started shifting to free trade. That's when countries exchange goods but place as few tariffs or other barriers on each other as possible, letting the market kind of do its thing. See economist Adam Smith for more. Well, in 1947, the U.S. got a bunch of countries to sign up for the General Agreement on Tariffs and Trade, also known, unfortunately, as GATT. Over the years, GATT succeeded in getting countries to quit putting tariffs on one another. In 1995, the GATT kind of grew into the World Trade Organization, or WTO. And that's been our global trade dispute office ever since. 164 countries are a part of it, which makes up almost the entirety of world trade. The current head of the WTO says this shift to global free trade has had a lot of benefits. We ensure that economic tensions do not lead up to more serious confrontation. And this is why governments right after the Second World War negotiated trade rules, because they knew that economic cooperation is the key to peace and prosperity. But like anything with a lot of shareholders, problems come up. Pretty often, actually, like when one country says someone else's new trade rule is unfair because it makes their trade less free. When that happens, the WTO tries to mediate things, using experts from the countries involved. But mediation doesn't always work either. In fact, about 75% of disputes can't be solved by talking things out. That's when they call in the big guy, the WTO Appeals Court. It's technically called the appellate body. It has seven judges, and three of them get assigned to each case. But picking appellate body judges for the WTO lately hasn't been easy. Back in 2016, the Obama administration made a surprise announcement that it would block a judge from South Korea from getting a second term. The U.S. said they had issues with some of his rulings, and that he sometimes got lost in, quote, lengthy, abstract discussions that had nothing to do with the case at hand. That caused a stir. The six other WTO judges accused the U.S. of putting its interests ahead of the interests of the global economy and for making the reappointment of judges contingent on how they ruled in certain cases. And things have only gotten worse since then, especially under President Trump. 
We should say, at times, both American conservatives and liberals have complained about the WTO. Some on the right say it gets in the way of an American-first agenda and interferes with the U.S.'s ability to reach its own trade deals with other countries. While some on the left argue the WTO's one-size-fits-all policies prevent countries from enacting rules that address local concerns. But despite those sometimes bipartisan complaints, the U.S. has been successful in using the WTO to its advantage as well. The U.S. has brought more cases to the WTO court than anyone else. And in October, the U.S. won big. The appellate body awarded the U.S. the go-ahead to impose tariffs on a record-breaking $7.5 billion worth of European exports annually. In response to unfair subsidies the EU gave to airplane maker Airbus, and President Trump bragged about that ruling in a speech last month. We're winning a lot of cases at the WTO level we never, that we never even would have thought of winning before. So where do things stand now? Despite Trump's boasting about WTO rulings in his favor, his administration has kind of picked up where the Obama administration left off, blocking judges from being appointed so the top panel doesn't really have power anymore. And that could explain why, this week, the appellate body just stopped functioning. Two of its judges had been up for renewal of their terms, and they didn't get renewed. That left the court with only a single judge, not enough to resolve any of the world's biggest trade fights. One former WTO judge has predicted that if the court stops functioning, the world would return to the, quote, law of the jungle, with countries throwing tariffs at each other without anyone there to referee what's allowed and what isn't. Some countries would rather that didn't happen and are trying to think up a temporary fix. One idea is to basically take former judges out of retirement and put them back to work trying to referee cases. Welcome back. But until a more permanent fix can be found, things could get rocky. And as the director general of the WTO says, the 25-year-old organization might start to get attention for the wrong reasons. The trading system is like oxygen. While it's there, you don't notice. You take it for granted. But once you take it away, you will notice. So what's the scam? Not everyone loves the WTO. And it's come under criticism for missing deadlines or taking so long to reach big-time rulings. But for a while, most countries put up with it since the alternative, having no rules, was a lot scarier. And now that there aren't enough judges left to force countries to play by the rules, it's not clear what's going to happen next. In the short term, more and more trade disputes, including huge ones involving the US, China, and Europe, will go unresolved, meaning more economic uncertainty around the world. It could also mean more tariffs, which, as we've said before, could end up affecting how much you pay at the register. And long term, what all this means for the future of global trade is a bit uncertain. One prominent economist has said this latest crisis over the appellate body is about a lot more and is an existential crisis for the WTO, while some in the Trump administration reportedly think that might be a good thing, since it would give the U.S. an open door to do whatever it wants to punish China in the current trade war. So buckle up, because we could be in for a bumpy ride. Coming up, Democrats are pushing forward on impeachment, but they've also found some common ground with President Trump on a new bill that could help millions of people. That's next. Looking for a new show to watch? Check out The L Word. It's about a group of friends who live in L.A. You'll get wrapped up in their lives as they navigate success, setbacks, sex, and of course, drama. This crew does a lot, from starting new relationships to taking on the patriarchy and running for public office. 
The L Word Generation Q is now streaming only on Showtime. The Judiciary Committee will please come to order. First thing this morning, the House Judiciary Committee got together to consider two articles of impeachment against President Trump, one for abuse of power and the other for obstruction of Congress. Lawmakers are expected to bring the articles for a vote today. But before that vote could happen, there was a lot of drama in the committee room. Republicans tried one last time to stall the proceedings, and they even tried to strike the first article, the abuse of power one. Here was Ohio Representative Jim Jordan, who introduced that amendment. Article one in this resolution ignores the truth, it ignores the facts, it ignores, it ignores what happened and what has been laid out for the American people over the last three weeks. So today's debate went back and forth and it got pretty heated. But while we're recording today's episode, they still haven't voted yet. But if they do vote to pass the articles, the next step is a vote in the full House. While that was going on in the House Judiciary Committee, the White House was focused on a different message. Trump spoke at a summit on childcare and paid leave. An estimated one out of every four American moms returns to work within two weeks of giving birth because they cannot afford to miss a paycheck or risk losing their job. We want every mother to have the chance to spend those precious few weeks with her newborn or adopted child. The reason why the White House is pumped about paid leave is because it just finished up a long negotiation session with House Dems on the matter. Turns out, they can get along. Democrats have been asking for paid leave for a while. Melania and Ivanka Trump are also on board. So President Trump let Dems add paid parental leave to a $738 billion defense bill, which is a must-pass bill. These massive funding bills often have seemingly unrelated issues attached. But the combo meant that paid parental leave got strong bipartisan support. It passed the House yesterday. Here's what it does. Right now, when new parents are allowed to take time off, they don't necessarily get a paycheck. But this new measure would allow at least federal workers to take 12 weeks of paid parental leave. That means around 2 million federal workers would be eligible to take 12 weeks off of work after a child is born, adopted, or fostered, and still get paid. But it's not quite paid family leave, which means workers can't get a paycheck if they take time off to take care of a sick parent or something similar. The Senate and the president still have to sign off on it, but the new measure is a huge first. A lot of private companies and some states already have some form of paid leave in place. But the U.S. is the only industrialized nation without some kind of federally mandated paid family leave. But this bill means the U.S. might not be the only one holding out for much longer. To learn more about how this new paid leave policy could impact your wallet and about financial impacts of fertility and family, head on over to theskim.com money. It's Skim Money Thursday, where we look at some of the big headlines of the week and explain how they could affect your wallet. You've probably heard 2020 candidates talking about Medicare for All and free college for all. But have you heard of high-speed internet for all? A number of 2020 candidates have announced plans to bring the internet to more people in the U.S. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders is the latest to announce his pitch. Last week, he put forward a $150 billion plan that he says could help the more than 31% of Americans who can't access high-speed internet. No internet meaning it's a lot harder to access information and other services that others think is second nature. Plus, internet providers who are in these areas, which are usually rural or remote, tend to have little competition, which means that the people who can access the internet often end up with steep bills. 
Sanders says this needs to be regulated. To help get all Americans online, he wants to classify the internet as a public utility, like electricity. That would give the government new powers to force internet companies to make sure everyone has access at an affordable price. On top of that, Sanders wants to ban early termination fees and the throttling of data speeds at peak times. If this sounds like a no-brainer for Congress, think again. Republicans and Democrats have both talked about expanding broadband access. The trick is, no one agrees on how to do it or how to pay for it. Meaning this plan could get stuck loading for a long time. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you about ugly Christmas sweaters. Tis the season. You may have already heard about the unfortunate Christmas sweater found on Walmart's website, featuring Santa and lines of cocaine. Walmart has already taken it down. But the ugly Christmas sweater industry is on fire. According to CNN, the retailer UglyChristmasSweater.com is boasting that it's on track to sell $6 million worth of ugly sweaters this year. If you happen to be one of those buyers, here's a heads up. December 20th is National Ugly Holiday Sweater Day, and Alaska Airlines is offering passengers who wear them that day priority boarding and other festive treats. So this holiday season, maybe ugly up your travel plans and stay warm. You know what to do. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us online. If you want to add the skim to your morning routine, sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. 